0: Well, market turmoil on Friday with the collapse of SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, massive drops in bond yields. So what now? Do those yields bounce back? Does the Fed hold off on future rate hikes? Do more banks follow? So many questions, but the main one is, generally, what happens next? It's Monday, the 13th of March, 2023. It's the Morning Call from NAB. Good morning. Well, quite a response to the Silicon Valley Bank story on Friday. 10-year Treasury yields down 20 basis points to 3.7% on Friday. Two years down 28 basis points, down 48 basis points over the last two days of the week, in fact. Uh, UK 10-year yields down 16, German bunds down 13, same in France. Aussie 10-year yields uh, also down 13 basis points on Friday, but down to 3.58%, but down another 10 basis points on futures since then. And big falls in US equities on Friday including a 1.8% drop in the Nasdaq, 1.5% for the S&P 500 and 1.1% for the Dow. As you might imagine, financials were down 1.8%, real estate lost 3 and a quarter percent and it wasn't just the US. The Euro Stoxx 50 lost 1.3%, so did the DAX, a 1.7% loss in the FTSE 100 and the US dollar down 0.7% on the DXY index. The Aussie uh, down against that it lost almost 0.2%. The gains were in the euro up 0.6% and the pound Rising 0.9%, and the Swiss franc, the safe ground, uh, at 1.3%. Oil getting low as well. WTI down 1.3% on Friday. Brent lost 1.5% down to 82.78. Spot Gold rose 2% on Friday, uh, over 3% in uh, the last two days of the week. So, tell you, never a dull moment. The, ne- the next question is obviously, is what next? Uh, Nab's Tabba Strickland joins me from uh, Nab in uh, Sydney this morning. Um, so, Tapas, I mean, if this hadn't happened, non-farm payrolls, which we'll come on to, you know, we might have thought that bond yields would be rising after after those numbers. But obviously, we had the collapse. So, what's your take on what happened? I mean, it looks like, uh, the, a, first of all, it was a bank that grew very quickly. So, doubled its assets from 2019 to 21. Most of those ended up in, in the form of treasuries, which were obviously paying less than expected. So, if you sold them, they'd be worth a lot less than you paid for them. Uh, They just hadn't planned on yields touching 4%, obviously, and there was increasing demand for those deposits because they were servicing the tech sector. They didn't have the money. Simple bank run. It's as simple as that, isn't it?
1: Good morning, Phil. I think you summed it up pretty well there. And the key uh, reason why these problems did exist is the assets that they held were not mark-to-market. So they're either held Mm. in the health-to-maturity portfolios or had special regulatory treatment within available for sale so when they did had to sell those assets to meet those deposit outflows then they obviously took a uh, mark-to-market loss on those and had to raise capital and, and as we all know on thursday they tried to raise 2.25 billion in of fresh capital but failed and then depositor flight insured and so i think reports on thursday said depositors tried to withdraw about 42 billion dollars so um Your summary of being a bank run is pretty accurate uh, in that sense. And I guess the real question is for for markets on Monday and for the outlook for the near term is really uh, have U.S. authorities injected enough confidence in the U.S. banking system, in particular the regional U.S. banking system, to avoid further deposit runs at other banks? Um, and so we'll see how that plays out later today. And we're still in the very early stages here. But the two key things that did happen over the past uh, couple of days is that the FDIC has, has moved in. Um, they said the insured depositors, so those with amounts of less than 250000 will have funds available in full from Monday. Uninsured depositors, who are overwhelmingly the majority of depositors uh, with um, Silicon Valley Bank, Um, will have some percentage of the deposits available within the week and the rest to be determined uh, pending asset sales. And Treasury Secretary Yellen was on TV on Sunday um, saying there would be no government bailout for SVB. But at the same time, the FDIC is kicking off an auction process that happened on late Saturday with final bids due Saturday afternoon. So we'll find out more information uh, later tonight or early tomorrow morning in the in the respect. So of are
0: there any other banks? I mean, so it seems like I mean the the combination. I mean, maybe there's a bit of naivety in in holding all of this in in, in bonds and just watching those interest rates increasing without doing anything about it over the, over a period of time. But also, I mean, a large part of it obviously is the speed at which they they increase those assets as well. You know, because they're a bank that was growing very quickly. So. Are there any others that match this? Could there be? I mean, could this be the first of many?
1: It's, it's a really good question. And on one of the reasons why uh, perhaps um, SVB didn't uh, rec- appreciate the possibility of this is uh, they hadn't really seen those very large deposit outflows previously, um, and those deposit outflows had picked up. Mainly because the squeeze that's been happening within the tech sector, very hard to get, and the cost of private funding has has been increasing. So there was a bit of a squeeze on, on deposits. And then as well as that is just the alternatives out there in terms of you are got money on deposited bank at a relatively low interest rate, there are uh, relatively safe alternatives out there, including uh, US Treasury bills, which are earning about 5% there. So there are some longer-term issues there. But in terms of whether there are other potential problems at other regional banks. Uh, we'll be looking at quite closely. Uh, one that has been mentioned is First Republic Bank. And if you've got Twitter, you'll see in your Twitter feed uh, heaps of photos of people lined up outside of the bank branches of that, of that bank in, mm. in the US. So um, we're not out of the woods. Um, and the main question really is, have authorities done enough to give enough confidence to the US regional banking system? Um, if they haven't, then they'll have to do more. But of course, uh, we'll only really find that out uh, later today.
0: So this sounds a little bit like uh, when Kwasi Kwarteng, that uh, that couple of weeks when Kwasi Kwarteng was the was the treasurer or the uh, the chancellor in the UK, uh, and uh, and all of a sudden uh, bond prices, I mean basically the the collateral that was sitting in pension funds, which were largely uh, government bonds, government securities, suddenly lost value. Uh, the Bank of England started QE again to try and push those prices higher. The Fed can't do that, obviously, across the board. So, uh, uh, And it's trying to do the opposite, of course. it's, it's, It's trying to lift interest rates. So does this change the path that the Fed takes from now on, or do they go, well, this is an isolated case? this is our main game. Got to beat inflation. There's going to be a bit of collateral damage. We just have to accept that.
1: I think it does potentially change the the fed path a little bit. So talk of a 50 basis point hike is pretty much evaporated. So when you look at market pricing, now markets are pricing about a 33% chance of a 50 basis point hike. Um, Whereas on Wednesday, they were pricing in a 71% chance of a 50 basis point hike. And you look at terminal fed funds pricing, that's now sitting at 5.29% down from 5.69% on Wednesday. Um, Bringing up the uh, UK uh, pension uh, system is really interesting. And I think when we we're talking around then, we we're saying you just don't really know what's out there in the financial system as you do lift rates after a whole decade of very low rates. And you only really know what has started to, to come up is when you it. actually start to break. Um, and so the UK <laughs> pension system, this US regional bank, are uh, two areas. Um, mm-hmm. The key question, as you were knowing before, are there other regional banks vulnerable? It's possible. But again, it really yeah. depends on how much confidence those US regulators can give yeah. into but the that
0: US be, system. Uh, yeah, so to your so to your point then about, you know, this expectation lowering, I mean, that'd be a reason for, for uh, central banks everywhere to be going, well, 50 50, yeah, forget 75, 50 seems a bit dangerous. Let's let's stick with, let's tread slowly from now on.
1: Oh, definitely. And just worth noting, um, it's not only in the US where this is potentially problematic. So when you think of those mark-to-market, market potential mark-to-market, market and where rates were the lowest for the longest, you're really talking about Europe mm. and, and Japan here. Um, so I think regulators in those two areas will be looking quite closely at their s- smaller banks just to see whether those kind of issues are prevalent there. And then the th- the third one is just really the inversion of the yield curve, and that effectively means there's a whole heap of competition for deposits out there. As I was saying before, a simple US Treasury bill is earning close to 5% compared to those paltry returns in deposit accounts. So um, the pressure for deposit outflows is likely to, to build in, in this environment regardless of whether US regulators yeah. are able to give confidence to the US uh, regional banking system.
0: Yeah, we'll take your money out and stick it where uh, it can make more money. Of course, why wouldn't you be nuts not to, wouldn't you? So look, uh, we were sort of assuming a 50 basis point hike next week, weren't we, from the Fed? Uh, maybe not now, but I mean, we certainly were. There was nothing to change that view in the non-farm payrolls was there on Friday. So, three hundred eleven thousand extra jobs, less than that massive half a million last time, uh, but still a lot more than than uh, expected. I think two hundred thousand was was expected. So. An upside surprise, Sure. Yeah, the US
1: payrolls report was interesting. It was a mixed report. And you will have to say without the whole SVP, uh background, you probably would have seen markets still pair um, probability of a 50 basis point hike slightly. And really, the focus would have been on uh, Tuesday's CPI. And that was because while headline payrolls, as you noted, did beat, uh, the unemployment rate did rise by two tenths. And you did see average hourly earnings come in a tiny bit softer than expected. So it came in at 0.24% month-on-month versus 0.3% expected. But even then, when you looked through the actual details of the report, you'd have to say average hourly earnings was probably a little bit hotter than what you would have expected. So production and non-supervisory workers, their wages um, were growing stronger at 0.46% month to month after being 0.3% in January. So I think the report would have just put more focus on Tuesday's uh, CPI report for the probability of a 50 basis point hike. But just given everything that's going on in terms of SVB and potential um, contagion, it's very hard to see the Fed hiking by 50%. Fifty basis points um, at their next meeting.
0: Yeah, that, that. By the way, that that weaker uh, growth in in average hourly earnings. I mean, a chunk of that would be lower paid workers coming back. So, in the hospitality sector, for example, uh, more lower paid workers obviously going to uh, bring that average down, wouldn't it? But also the the fact the unemployment rate is 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 up, but a chunk of that was also because the participation rate was up. And, uh, you know, so that would be a good thing. If we've got more people going back to work and that's pushing the unemployment rate up rather than people losing their jobs, uh, that would be a far better way of seeing the the loosening of of the labor market. Oh, definitely
1: it it would be. And the U.S. part rate has underperformed the rest of the world. And uh, really one way you could uh, get a bit of loosening up in, in that labor market is if that participation rate were to return to pre pandemic kind of levels.
0: Yeah, all right. Less encouraging sign, perhaps, for the Bank of uh, Canada. Almost 22,000 extra jobs, 10,000 was expected, but their average uh, hourly earnings year on year has gone from 4.5% in January to 5.4%. That seems like a big increase. And the unemployment rate that was expected to rise has stuck at 5% for the third month in a row. Uh, so um, you, mean, you might be looking at that thinking, well, was the Bank of Canada right to keep things on hold? But maybe given the whole situation where rates are going now, maybe they were.
1: Yes, well, the Bank of Canada is really interesting. They were one of the first to pause their hikes after having paused last week. And as you're noting, wages there growing at 5.4% against 5.1% expected. So uh, the stickiness mm. in US inflation, um we always had the danger of showing up in, in Canada, even though they were starting to see more growth impacts from the tightening they had seen to date. Uh, markets are still yeah. pricing in uh, being a Canada hiking rates again sometime this year because of that factor, but just given the uh, the clouds uh, surrounding the U.S. regional banking system. I think the becker Canada will be fairly cautious, as you're saying. And
0: uh, in the U.K., GDP, a bit of an upside surprise, up 0.3% month-on-month, month, flat for the year. Uh, but I'm assuming the fact that that was a bit better than expected, that's why the pound uh, did so well on Friday uh, against that falling U.S. dollar. You know, it's one of the best performers, apart from the Swiss franc, of course. Oh, definitely.
1: And perhaps one... Uh, indicated that perhaps they could avoid a uh, recession. Um, The monthly GDP, after all, rose by 0.3% against uh, 0.1% expected there. But further weakening in the economy is is expected. Now, uh, nothing exciting from Governor Kuroda's last Bank of Japan
0: meeting. Uh, As we said last week, the big surprise was no surprise. Uh, But we saw the yen get a bit weaker on the news. Before the the world, everything was thrown into turmoil, we saw the, uh, the yen weaker on the news. Uh, I guess that is because everyone was expecting the surprise that didn't happen.
1: Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> so when you look at uh, Dolly, and it peaked just under 137, but currently trading around 135 now, just given the risk off sentiment that we did see on Friday.
0: Yeah, and the surprise from the Bank of uh, People's Bank of uh, of China is that uh, Gabnai Zhi is being kept on, even though he's at retirement age, uh, they are going for continuity. Obviously, they're seeing turmoil. They saw it ahead of everyone else and they've gone for continuity. Well, this is over the weekend, of course. They've gone for continuity.
1: It, it seems like it. From what I read, is he's, uh, he's likely to have extended his term by a couple of months. So um, that's to give a little bit of stability in um, the kind of financial regulation, financial architecture as China uh, to, tries to uh, bounce out of the kind of COVID Malays that did say it's off So so it's only for a couple of months. Yes, and it's quite possible that
0: he'll be replaced after that. Okay. Look, so final question, because this is quite a week, isn't it? We've got US CPI, we've got the ECB meeting. We've got uh, US PPI. We've got uh, retail sales in the US. We've got Australia's employment numbers. We've got the, the the NAB business survey. We've got China's activity data. We've got Q4 GDP for New Zealand. Markets will be deciphering all of that, wondering, you know, where the Fed and other banks will be looking at raising rates based on that data. And in the meantime, how much risk that, the you know, the, the whole thing uh, that we've seen in the US is placing on other banks, including, as you say, in Europe. Uh, how do the markets react to to all of this? How is this week going to play out, do you think?
1: It's a very, very tough question. It really comes back to have US authorities given enough confidence um, for depositors in the US regional banking system. Um, if, If they haven't and you do see more Anecdotes and stories about bank runs occurring, then you'd expect risk-off to to continue. Um, If, however, you do see um, some stability emerge, then you could get a recovery in risk sentiment. And then the talk would shift back to the FOMC meeting in March. And ahead of that, as you noted, the US CPI on Tuesday and uh, retail sales later on in in the week. Um, As for the ECB, they're expected to hike by 50 basis points. But I think some of the uncertainty... But will they still? I, I I think they will, just given where inflationary pressures are. But I think they will not pre-commit to another fifty basis point hike in May, just given the uncertainties that we are seeing.
0: Yeah, well, look, it's a fairly quiet day today, isn't it? Ahead of all of that, so a chance to to look at the fallout, uh, the follow-through from uh, from SVB, and uh, and you know, and, and see where that takes us next. So we'll watch all of that with. With interest, maybe a, t- a day to spend a, a bit of-, of time on Twitter looking at bank queues. Uh, Tapas, oh, possibly. <laughs> and
1: just 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 with noting that there are public holidays in some states in, in Australia. Mm. So Victoria, South Australia, Tasmania, and the ACT all are on public holidays. So no doubt we'll all we'll be on Twitter watching avidly. Yeah,
0: exactly, that's right. But you're awake. New, New South Wales is at work. Uh, at least someone's keeping the shop shop open. Uh, <laughs> I'll catch you soon, Tapas. Good to talk. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Gee, are you ready for this week? Uh, that's it for today on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Nah, back again tomorrow
1: morning. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a week, isn't it? I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.